Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. Doing good. Glad to hear it. We want to say thank you, everybody out there, for joining us. We want to, uh, well, thank you for tuning in for this. We want to get our shout-outs taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one is going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's the number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast, to save 10% on your order. If you ain't got one, they're super soft. Get yourself one and be happy you did. Then we pass the ball to Matt. Uh, yeah, that would be to Orlando Cologne. Um, I don't know if Orlando Cologne has a specific submission maneuver that he uses to put away his opponents, but oh, he should. Matt, that, that sounds like a segue. Sounds like a segue. <laughs> Also, for this episode, I want to throw this out there that, um, well, we uh, Dame's opted to hang around with us a little bit more, so he's going to join us for this episode, too, after he's the, the last he's the, episode. He's the unofficial official fourth corner. Yeah. <laughs> That's supposed to be, like, the fourth corner is supposed to be the, the listening audience, but we're we're kicking them to the curb. I believe, believe <laughs> Dame's giving them is... ringside. I believe yes. he's also the first um, three-time guest on here. We've yes, had people that would be on true. twice. That's, that's accurate. That is I, accurate. Think, uh, I, I am blessed. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate uh, it. We, we're going to have to relegate him to friend of the show staff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's always been a friend trademark of the show. That or something. I, I, he's always been a friend of the show. I've mentioned Dames like many times in the show. It's just finally that we've had him on. I think yeah, we've I done. I think we've done the most time between platforms though with Tim because we did like some obscenely <clears throat> long streams with him on that's his true. show. Yeah, that's that's cross. Oh, we went like three hours with him. Yeah, I think we've done like ten hours of stuff with Tim. So I mean, I think he's got us on on quantity. Yeah. Cross platform friend of the <laughs> yeah. show. One um, day I'm gonna do an evil thing and I'm gonna put Tim and Dames together and let them like slap fight each other over Star Wars <laughs> and laugh. Oh, they could slap fight each other over over like Marvel Cinematic Universe because Tim's not a fan. Oh yeah. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, what? Yep. He's got like issues with Disney and all sorts of things. So. Yeah. Okay. Have you wait? All right. This is like I'm, I'm going to take us out of the topic of the show. Dames, have you seen Shang Chi yet? No, I haven't. I was in Chicago all weekend, and so I haven't had the chance to. And uh, I asked my wife if she wanted to, and she looked at me like I was fucking stupid for going to what? see a movie while on vacation. So, <laughs> man, that was a no. Our friend, our mutual friend Andy, has seen it, and he had good things to say. I'm super excited. Like I actually feel 
like the I I've talked to the the guys before. Like I, I Shang Chi is a is a comic that I have collected many of the issues of from back like in the 70s when they aired it. I'm really I've been super excited about this movie. So I kind of wanted to succeed. It seems like it's it's doing well. Yeah, so but far they, it, it got the benefit that they did not put that on streaming. So I think I think Eternals, you are going to be the first bomb. It's possible. I, I do think that this. I, it seems like this movie has been doing well so far, and people are saying like they have they've created a new a new star because the Shang Chi people like us are comic nerds like know Shang Chi, but. Like the the mainstream public doesn't know yeah. Shang Chi, but it seems like they have, they are working to create a star, and which is something that they need because if they want these Marvel movies to continue, they need to build up, yeah, you know, new stars. But I'm excited. I'm a fan of like uh, the main actor Simu. Like I'm, I wanted this movie to be a success. It seems like so far it has been. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, I hope it, I hope it continues to do well. I do have to say though, I, I did, I'm... I did check out the What If show on disney and i was not a fan i did not like the animation and i watched the doctor strange episode and it was just kind of boring and i i think i tapped out after about five minutes and i'll come back for zombie cap but i'm not impressed by that show at all i enjoyed what i've seen so far i I particularly like the first two episodes um but uh back to what matt was saying about shang chi uh, I, you know, when we did the show a couple weeks ago about uh, uh-huh. Marvel, I, I stated how I felt that interest in Shang-Chi was at an all-time low, and I thought it was going to be a bomb, and I'm, I'm glad to be proven wrong. Um, I personally have started to feel a little bit more excitement towards the film ever since I started hearing reviews from it, uh-huh. and I'm very much looking forward to it. So I do plan on trying to get to the theater sometime this week to uh to check it out i i don't know if i'm gonna see it in theaters like i really want to but i i I don't know like hopefully i can try and make it work but i i will say this like you cannot you would literally you're gonna have to like shoot me (laughs) in the leg and even then i may crawl because i i have to get to the theater for spider-man oh yeah like i have to see that Yes, they, they they finally put out a trailer for it, and I like I, I'm like Fry and uh, Futurama. It's like take my money, take yeah. just take it. I'm right I'm there. Thro- with I'm you on throwing that one. my wallet. I'm throwing my wallet right at you. Just take it. I did watch into the Spider Verse between the 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 airing there, Dame. So I did think that was a great movie. That's there is I've I said it before. There's arguments that that is not only one of arguably like one of the best Spider-Man movies, but arguably one of the best. Marvel movies. I love Dick Cavill. I remember fantastic. when I said that when we got out of the theater, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I said, I know it might be recency bias, but I think it was the best Spider-Man movie ever. I, I love Nick Cage. Back on it, I, I think I think it was. I love Nick Cage's Spider-Man noir, but my favorite scene is like when that they're in that room and they are all on the ceiling, trying to mm-hmm. avoid that kid seeing them, and then he looks up yeah. and Spider Ham's like, "Do animals talk in this world? Am I gonna freak him out?" And then he just passes out. <laughs> I think I'm it gonna, is probably the best Spider-Man movie, though. I'm going to pull us back over to Matt's original segue. He said submissions tonight. We're digging into submission finishers because, hey, we haven't done that before. Um, it's interesting because there's there's been 
I don't know, the the kind of uh, resurgence of submission finishers being more common feels like a more recent phenomenon. Um, I think that's because there's been kind of what I would say is a resurgence in popularity on the indie scene of catch wrestling. Yeah. Well, the frustrating part is when I was wrestling, there were a bunch of places I would work where people did not want to lose to submission finishes. And I was, it, it was frustrating because I was like, if you watch MMA, it happens all the time. Someone gets caught. You can't get out. What's going to happen? And, you know, in the end, here I am. And I was like, nope, not doing that. you got to figure out something else. So that was, it was frustrating, but it's, it's nice to see that it's opened back up. And then there's some people that are, they've got, they've got two. They have, uh, they've got a submission finish and they have what I call an impact finish. So it's it's nice to see that this is broadening out more than um, you know than than it used to be. So um, let's break down what what are some what are some characteristics a good submission finish should have? Has to look like it hurts. That's <laughs> really right up there. Not like um, not like John Cena's um, STF that looks like. He, Literally, it does not hurt at all. It's well, that, that's the fault of the performer, not the move, though. That, oh, yeah. The yeah. move itself is pretty awesome. Well, that's what it, that's why I said John Cena's STF, because there are there are some people that do that very well. Um, doesn't Jungle Boy use kind of a version of it? Yes, he does. Is that with the snare yeah, trap? Snare is? trap. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he 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 cinches his in pretty well. I think I think possibly my favorite submission finisher that looks like it hurts is Lex Luger's torture rack. Oh, I'm a big fan of the torture rack. There was. Does, a, um, does anyone use that currently? No, no, I don't think so. Oh man, it's kind of turned into guys really love the stretch muffler, which is I think a was it's a is a very distant variation on that. So like, if you don't know what the stretch muffler is, it's pretty much they torture rack the leg and then lift the guy and use his own body weight to like torque his leg. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. Brock Lesnar used to yeah. pull it out. I, I remember him doing that he on, only on used it. He only used it on Ben. He only used it on Benoit. Hmm. He, he used such a memorable finish. Once, that, too. Oh, I think you're right. But it was such a memorable finish that, you know, it's it's like in the games as the Brock mm-hmm. lock. You know? Yep. Um, the the um, t- go ahead. In terms of uh, qualities that fit that a good uh, submission should have as well, and this is just for for quality of match sake, is the ability to be countered. I think it's actually mm-hmm. important to have a submission that can be countered because that way. You can do so much more with it in terms of putting together a match and, and finishes and things like that. Uh, the ability to work your way out of a submission is really important because, like with a lot of a lot of impact finishes, the heat build is not the move itself. It's in teasing it. It's trying to get there. Um, like we said from AEW All Out a lot of the match was Christian not letting Omega hit the one-winged angel. He kept going for it, and Christian kept getting out, so there kept being this build for it. The thing that happens with a submission is, yeah, you build up to that point, 
but you build more heat once they're in it and they're trying to escape and they're trying to figure a way out. So that's, that's a good point. Having, having a way out to play with is really important. You have to also give the visual where they can either tap or, uh, verbally quit. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I think the crippler crossface lacks a little bit is you cover their mouth up, which is, I think, uh, is, um, is a is a slight flaw in that move but i also think um i also think in the context of wrestling like you need to give them the option of either tapping or verbally because i think the verbal submission saves more face than them visually tapping uh there was a there is a sometimes variation that some people will do with a cross face where when they they cinch it they don't put it around the mouth. They put it under the chin. I've seen like so, more of the forehead too. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's just where your hands slipped. Yeah. Matt, what do you think is an important quality for it? Uh, this is going to sound odd, but mm-hmm. and this is, I based on this because people were kind of like criticizing um, from the AEW pay-per-view, like Chris Statlander's pay-per-view. Uh, submission move it's like you can't have a submission move that's like too elaborate or takes too long to slap on mm-hmm. like it's it's it should be something that you could slap on like effectively instantaneously you're absolutely right rick flair said that yeah i this is i'm and not even talking about chris statlander particularly i just remember back in the day like i wasn't really a fan of him but like uh conan's like tequila was it tequila sunrise or something yeah, like, yeah. you would have to do this like elaborate thing and it's like, dude, like, no, like it's, people are going to do that. And I, I, as much as I think, uh, the guy is a fantastic worker, but like Sonata's big submission move in new Japan, like, it's like, dude, come on. Like you're, you're like trying to, Doesn't you're Thunder Rosa do the tequila sunrise now. <laughs> I don't know. I actually, I don't know. She might do it I'm better. Smart, Conan is really <laughs> guilty of having a lot of overly complicated moves though. That he does That's... poorly. <laughs> the the only one I think is forgivable is the the Liger surfboard where he, like he gets their legs up and then he smacks them on the side to make them give the arms up. That yeah. I don't. That I don't mind. That I don't actually. To me, like that's not overly elaborate. It's like you're trying to actually sink in the submission move, and if the guy is like actually <coughs> fighting it, then it, it goes into it where it's like, all right, I'm like basically punching the dude in the ribs. He'll like put his hands back i can sink in the move a little bit better yeah uh i don't mind that that's that to me is not overly elaborate it's when you like the guy if the the your opponent effectively has to sit there or lay there while you're like twisting them into a pretzel it's like the okay this is not this is kind of like in a, in, a, in something that actually you have to suspend disbelief of course but if you're overly asking me to suspend disbelief come on it's yeah. it's just it's not that doesn't work for me. You know, that's... If you knock someone so senseless that you can then put on a super complicated move, why didn't you just pin them? You know what I liked yeah. about the the Moxley Kojima match is they don't do this in America enough, but when he did that arm bar spot, Kojima kept trying to grab the arm and the arm bar to take the pressure off. Yeah, like... yeah, that S grip. Yeah, and they don't do that in America enough. They do it in Japan all the time. And, like, American workers don't do that. And I'm like, why don't you do that? It's such a great, like, 
trying to like save yourself from the hold. Yeah. I think it's happening more than it used to. But um I I think you're right. One other one that I would add that really helps for a good submission finish is the ability for and in you, you kind of touched on this, Brad, of them being able to like verbally submit or tap out, but the ability for people to see their face when you do it so yeah. that they can emote and sell. And because um, that was crucial in the Austin-Brett match where Austin was just bleeding that they had him so free to like focus on like him just dripping blood as, he, mm-hmm. as he's trying not mm-hmm. to give up. Yeah, if... if I'm trying to think if if that had been a dragon sleeper, it wouldn't have worked. Couldn't happen. Um, and yeah, it, it yeah, it, Austin selling is what made that. So and guys, we've talked what, about we've talked about it too with um the Cobra Clutch and the way Slaughter did it is kind of like the snaky way he'd kind of like creep up on them and like size them yeah. up and like lock the hold in. Yeah. Absolutely. Just, it, just love the way he like would sneak up and then just snatch it. And there you go. So, guys, what are some of your uh, your favorites? Let's let's get some favorites out there and break down why. Uh, I can go. So someone mentioned the um, the STFU, mm-hmm. just the STF. Mm-hmm. I actually really like that move, but not no no offense to John Cena, but not not when he applies it. Yeah. Uh, to me, like the William Regal, the Regal stretch Ooh. was always really good. I was thinking he of the just... Chono version. The Chono version is good too. Like that's obviously, but didn't he originate the move? Or was it? Was that something that he actually got? But he from, got that from uh... Thez. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say. Thez like invented he... like everything. <laughs> yeah. Thez invented yeah. the power first, first person, Yeah. First person I saw use it was uh, somebody in WCW Worldwide. I'm trying to remember who it was, but it was called the. Uh, uh, STF was called the submission through fear. <laughs> yes. was, I forget who did it though. Um, was it was it one of the faces of fear? No, no, it was a singles guy. No, Ming would bite their face off. So, well, Ming had the tongue and death grip. So, yeah, that's yeah. a great one actually. Yeah. I loved what, my, what my... match was that? Remember when he punched like through the chair and got the guy in the <laughs> the tongue and death yes, grip? I... Like that was good. Yeah, I don't remember what that was, but it's a great visual. Oh my God, was 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 it was it Eric Watts? Might I have think been. it might have been. Oh my God, yeah, <laughs> they, they tried to make Eric Watts a thing happen in like the early '90s. No, they tried yeah, it in the late '90s. It was Eric Watts. Remember yeah, Techno was, Team 2000? Yes. There was shiny. The shiny attire with that. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Um, well, remember that was like that was such a late '90s thing. Like, where if you wanted to be futuristic, you like slapped 2000 on it. Yeah. 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 Lod 2000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh, to go back to the SCF, there was somebody I I don't know uh, I can't remember I can't remember if it was Regal or somebody, but they did. It was a variation of the SDF that I thought looked incredibly brutal. It was like the, with the with one leg they trap the leg and then they use the other leg uh 
to stretch it over the person, the opponents. Um, if you're putting it on, let's say from like the the person's left side, they use yeah. the other leg to to basically lock it over that person's um, left arm, and then use the right arm and face to like lock it on. So it was almost like a combination STF rings of Saturn. And oh, it wow. just looked absolutely brutal. And I can't remember who did it. I I saw it only used like maybe once. And I don't I can't remember if it was Regal or somebody else. But it I just think looked, it was Regal. That sounds like that sounds like Regal. It, Regal it looks devastating. When I saw Regal do the STF, what he would do is instead of instead of like um, scissoring one leg with his, he would cross their legs and then lean down on them so you couldn't move. But then he would reach the hand around the arm to hook the neck. So, yeah, like, they're laying face down. He reaches under the left and then hooks around their head to pull. So they're like, their left arm's twisted, and it's twisting their back. A, a, a cross-legged STF, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you you were talking. I was trying to look it up at the same time, so maybe I'm repeating you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I want to take us to the world of Lucha Libre for one, the, um, the surfboard and the standing surfboard. Okay. So if you haven't seen, like, the surfboard of Lucha Libre, that's the one where they kind of get on their back and they lift the guy above them and they're kind of, like, stretching them. And the, yeah. um, the standing one's hard to describe, but if you see it, it looks really cool. But I like in Lucha because everything's two out of three falls. Like, if you get a guy locked, like, they almost always insta-submit because they have to save themselves for, for their falls right, in the right, match. Right. you got to wind up for the next one. Yeah. And usually because of the of the of the captaining rules like there's a lot of double submissions because you got to get the two non-captains okay so you get some cool stuff there if you're going with a with a lucha move it's kind of like the same thing would you how would you define or or rate the gory special oh i love the gory special the gory special i think is fantastic it's used tremendously in in lucha libre was obviously it was originated by Gory Guerrero, so because the, the, the thing the thing I like about the Gory special is it's actually a, a super clever move because if they won't give up, you can just drop them mm-hmm. into like a Ooh. Gory bo- like a Gory bomb. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. It took me a minute to to parcel it out, but it, it I had to have a remembrance of 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 the Gory special a little bit. But yeah, yeah, that's. If you're surfboarding, like they're face up, and you're uh, you're standing, but you're bent over, so they're on your back and they're face up. Yeah. And you're surfboarding them that way. It'd be kind of called a hangman here, I think. Yeah, but yeah, it, it just took a second. Whenever you mentioned the bomb aspect of it, I was like, oh, okay, now I got you. I and got like you. arm bars are more important there. They do the cross face and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like there that they don't really fight it. If if you if you if they're locked in, they tap because they have to. They can't you, know, you can't break your leg trying to avoid it because you have two falls left. Mm-hmm. It does you no good. Right, right. Um, my uh, my personal favorite has always been the sharpshooter, but uh-huh. you know, mm. in, in recent years, everybody does a sharpshooter and nobody submits, and it's cheap in the move. No one does it right um, either. Yeah, but but you know what? I did finally see something really damn cool. So in AEW in the last month, 
this new kid, Daniel Garcia, mm. he's been great. And I watched him on AEW Dark, where he actually got a win with this move. He does the sharpshooter, but the difference is, as soon as he turns you over, he fucking bridges with it. Mm. Oh my god! And it was he he submitted right away. It looked cool as shit. And in his match with Moxley, he went to do that move, but problem with it is he lets himself completely open and exposed for the bulldog choke and mocks it up the yeah. tap and it was there awesome it is. there it is awesome it's it's always difficult whenever you start trying to put your own spin on a submission hold because you don't know quite how it's going to go over <laughs> there's there's sometimes you just want to stick with the standard because you, the crowd's familiar with it, so they know what they're looking at. And if you're like, if you start messing with it too much, you'll lose them. But uh, I'll, I'll want to look that up because I want to see that. You know what's a great one that no one's done in a long time, even though it's illegal and you can't win with it, is the tarantula. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was always. Tajiri was really great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's it's done that. It's a fun in a long spot. Time. I also like the. Spot. There's also some variations of illegal ones. I love the the figure four on the ring post that Flair mm. will whip out sometimes. And I also like the one where they arm bar the guy over the top rope if they get him right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minoru Suzuki yeah, that, likes that, that one. That hanging arm bar just looks rough. Yeah. Um, I myself, when I was working, uh, I was a big proponent of using the ankle lock. And part of that was that I was a Shamrock fan. And then another part is whenever I did train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, for a lot of people, there's there's one or two holds or styles of holds that really kind of click for you. Like they, they work, they make sense, or it just feels very natural for you. For me, it was guillotine chokes and, and ankle locks. Well, a guillotine choke does not fit a lot of the criteria we mentioned so i used ankle locks a lot i don't like um i don't like the way kurt angle does the ankle lock he he just the the shamrock to keep him low just lock it in is good like the the kurt angle like i'm gonna like stretch him like all the way up so you know it just looks dumb i think i went back and forth between the two but here's why in in the matches I had, in I guess what you could call kind of, if I was being formula about it, is I would always tease an ankle lock early. And if they got it, because I'm, I'm building tension, right? Like, I can hook this. Am I going to catch him early or is he going to get out? And if he gets out early and I go to put it on later, then the question is, is he going to make it or not? So I would do the standing one early because it's easier to work your way out of. And then if I was finishing a match with it, I don't think anybody ever caught on, but I would be in a kneeling position and I'm holding it um, left arm around the leg, which is gripped onto my right forearm. And then my right hand has a hold of their foot to crank it. I would actually step my left leg over their leg that I've got locked because that was kind of my my subtle little like no one's going anywhere now. You're not moving. You're not doing any of that. This is the finish step. Um, but I would tease mine all the time because the idea was that I was trying to get across was if I, I could snatch it from anywhere. And if I do, what are you going to do about it? Because then everybody, everybody goes from 
trying to beat on you to, oh, God, I got to get out. I got to get out. I got to get out. And um, it's it's a really good hold for that. I, I also have a soft spot for, um, so this needs some, this is going to need some buildup, but the Chikara special, which in the, in the annals of Chikara was very, um, had a lot of lore behind it because it's a move that Mike taught most of the Technicos that uh-huh. a lot of the heels were vulnerable against that. So typically only faces did the move. Yeah. And, um, it's an alligator clutch, by the way. Okay. And I'm um, looking it up right now. Cause I want to make sure I'm. And if he, if I think the heels finally developed one, but it was like a reverse version of the move. Uh huh. But in, in like the, in the, um, in the history of the promotion, it had like a very special meaning. It was kind of like not quite to the level, but it was kind of like the pile driver in Memphis, mm-hmm. which I always thought was cool. Well, yeah, it's it's always nice that if if to have something that's a silver bullet immediately. But uh, no, I'm I'm looking. I'm, I found a video of the inverted Chikara special. Yes, yeah, so that would be the heel version. Okay. Okay, that that one, the inverted Chikara special looks a bit more like a Tequila Sunrise. I think uh, when they did, um, oh, what were they called? When they had like 17, like those guys that were washouts that were like bad guys, what were they called? Like it was like 17 and... The Shard? Yeah, and the Shard, those guys, I think did that. Oh, what were they called? Uh, I'm trying to look this up really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, I have not gotten to see near enough Chikara in my life. So if I ever get to a place where I can just go on a spree buying up stuff, I'm probably going to get, get I a, think uh, you'd still get Chikara. Yeah, I think you'd still get Chikara Topia for eight dollars and everything's on there. OK, holy shit. Was John Silver the shard? I think so. Wow, I never knew that. I mean, I, I didn't know it was in Shakara. If you if you wanna if you wanna get really technical about it, the the iconic version of the colony was Drew Gulak and Orange Cassidy tag teaming. <laughs> With that pause coming through the curtain. Because because uh, Drew Gulak was Soldier Ant and Orange Cassidy was Fire Ant. Yeah, I I told a guy who's like an, uh, a friend I have who's into wrestling but not not super knowledgeable he's not a wrestling nerd like some of us are i was like yeah orange cassidy used to do a masked gimmick in a company called shikara and his mind was like blown i'm like no this dude has been around like a long time and is fantastic yeah so um uh what was something else i i there was one thing i mentioned earlier the variants that don't exactly work i I tried to get this over at one point but i don't know maybe the visual just didn't work or something but i tried to do a um cobra camel clutch so putting putting the cobra clutch on someone and then kind of sitting it down like a camel clutch but for some reason that i couldn't get that to take off um I might have a picture of it around somewhere, but uh, here I thought I'd, I'd come up with this 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 great coup of a move, and then it's like ah, never mind. No you know, speaking speaking of submission moves, 
since um he's in AEW now, we could see the cattle mutilation come back. We could. Oh man. That'd be fantastic. And <laughs> wait. He might save that, that for a heel run. I, I, I get so excited to see Brian Danielson. I, I fucking love that man. <laughs> it's it's always um it's it's always kind of um interesting because whenever I first saw the cattle mutilation, I I couldn't get um I had the hardest time figuring out what it was exactly supposed to do. Like it was a bridge and a shoulder lock, I guess. But it was, you know, I had a hard time figuring that out. I always thought he was asphyxiating them. Because he's kind of pushing their head into their chest. And, um... His transition into the move I really liked. Because uh, where he he grabbed the arms and put his head between their shoulder blades and trying to push them to the mat. I really enjoyed. Uh, But for some reason the move itself didn't, didn't... kick quite as well um oh well speaking of him uh his uh his labelle lock i mean it's it's basically a cross face with the the arm scissored by the legs a different way i don't know he got it over he did he did it's one of those i look at him like I don't know. I look at kind of say it. The the question that's over is fine. It's, my question is how much do I like it? And I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Now I'm going to talk about one I do don't really care for, but I think it it should be discussed because of the Von Erichs with the claw. <laughs> well, now, okay. Now the yeah. one thing I will give the Von Erichs that a lot of people don't do is the Von Erichs did not exclusively do it to your face. Like they would also do it like to the side or in your gut. Yeah, like, depending on what they could get. That's true. A claw to the stomach sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If ever, I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you, but it fucking sucks. Hmm. So I, I buy it. It was um, wasn't the story. That's why Dusty had that that one blotch on his side was because yeah. it was a a von Eric claw to the body. I'm not, I'm not sure, sure if that, I've never yeah. heard that before. Is that the kayfabe reason? I think so. That's funny. Was that when he was uh, teaming with Dick Murdoch? We're getting into far more details than I ha- actually That's, had. But... That was going way back in like the 70s then. Yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when, that's one of my favorite stories, though, is is Dick Murdoch took him to a clan meeting. He's like, he's like, Dick, you can't take me into a clan meeting. I'm the American <laughs> dream. Okay, here, if we're doing ones that we don't like, I got one for you. And this one has become a running joke between my brother and I. I, in, in, it's got its place in, in MMA, but in wrestling, I believe that the Gogo Plata is an absolutely stupid choice to have as a submission finish. It's exceedingly rare in MMA, too. Yeah. It takes too long to hook in, and it's it's just it it it's it takes so long to do, and then the application is um not I guess not cinematic enough. 
I don't like the Kimura for those reasons either. Uh, the Kimura is super effective, but I agree with you. It, it As a wrestling hold, probably not. It deflates uh, the crowd because then, because like, I mean, I think we've all sat in a wrestling crowd, but sometimes you can't always see everything really well. And a Kimura yeah. can really like slip by and you're like, well, what the hell happened? Especially um, if it's on your blind yeah. side when it happens. That's true. That's true. Uh, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, but it, I mean, it's got its place. It's a very effective MMA hold, but uh, it just doesn't really fit in wrestling. You know, it's it not by I, itself anyway. I would agree with the Gamora. Um, I used to I, back in the day, like, and this is like watching a this was used a lot in like let's say like nineties WCW. Uh huh. It's like, how about just a good old-fashioned, like, hammerlock? And guys would, like, just work the arm for, like, you know, five minutes and then dive a plan to it. And then you could get, like, you get, like, Arn Anderson doing shit, like, working the hammerlock and then taking the guy's arm and, like, putting it into basically like, the hammerlock position and then body slamming them onto the arm. Oh, yeah. But it's like, that was so awesome. And it's like you're working over the arm and then, you know, it, it, it plays into the finish or the guy comes back. But, like, this stuff like that was cool. And I used but, to love when he um he would like do all that stuff and then he'd hold the arm out and Ole Anderson would come off the top rope and just knee him in the arm. Yeah, stuff like that was cool. But as as its own like submission move like the Kimura lock, it's like it's it's kind of like the same thing. It's like it does it's not it sounds shitty to say this because it's like it's a, you can actually really have a guy submit to it, but mm-hmm. it's not flashy enough. Yeah, well, like we've, you need we've it to be a little about... flashy. We've, I think we've talked about that with the show though, is, and it's it's kind of like porno. Sometimes the effective things are not like visually, um, <laughs> not visually, not as cinematic as you need it to be. So like, just because it's effective in real life doesn't mean it works well within the context of wrestling. And that's yeah. really where Undertaker used to piss me off when he was like doing like the rear naked choke and stuff, and people just weren't getting it yet. I still don't yeah. actually like the rear naked choke much in wrestling. You've got to be a special kind of person to pull. You, uh, you've got to look like a big meaty bruiser like Joe. Yeah, really I was gonna say stick. like the Kokina clutch. I think is the is the perfect compromise of a rear naked choke, but doing it in a wrestling way. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry to bring this up again, Matt. You reminded me. I did have a hammerlock variation I used for a finish once. I worked the arm the whole match, then I hammerlocked the, the guy's face down on the mat, I put the hammerlock down, and then I turned it into a cross face while my body pinned the, the arm in place for it. I thought it was cool, but the problem is um, I blocked the visual too much. So what uh, using it. What do we feel about the calf slicer? I, I like it. Um, it's, it's nice when he busts it out and actually wins with it doesn't happen too often <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah it does get countered a lot but um i do like when somebody has a finisher that they can use uh outside of their normal finisher or a top rope finisher that's what you know, i've always been a fan of that that's what I, I love about all japan in the 90s is guys having their finisher and then their like mega finisher like you know when with, like like that's one of the things I love about Mizawa is like you might see the Tiger Driver once a year, but those are for those like occasions where it's not gonna get it. Like the the Roaring Elbow doesn't get it done, so he's got to go 
He's got to go for the big gun. I wish more American workers did that. They kind of do. Um, but in in most cases, it's the same move, but with a, a, an addition to, like, um, John Cena doing the, the AA from the top or something like that is where they what they usually do. But having a different... My problem with a lot of the super finishers is, my God, I hated watching some of those. You mean like the Ganzo Bomb? The Gonzo Bomb Which, and the you know, that just hammer. That was like a botch because I think he broke his arm and he didn't do the power bomb right. Exactly, he couldn't true. bring him back up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Dames, is there a, is there a submission finish you, you really just don't care for? Um, off the top of my head, lately a lot of people have been winning them with a full Nelson. It's gotten back. It's gotten over again. Ugh. I, I've never cared for it. Um, I, well, the first the first person I actually saw kind of get it over a little bit was the was the Master Lock after twenty yeah. years of <laughs> of, of it, it not... just being a transitional hold. Yeah, and um, and then Bobby Lashley is now using it. So. uh I, I just never cared for that. You gotta um, go. I, I agree with you. I think you gotta go like Taz Mission or something like that if you wanna like. Oh do... my god, the Katahajime is fantastic. I love yeah. that move. Yeah, I tried to use that for years, and I kept having people be like, ah, "I don't want to do that," or "I'm not losing to that." And I'm going, "What the? Why the hell not?" I love that hold. If if and when Hook <laughs> actually. <laughs> debuts. Um, I wanted to just start busting out the Katahajime and just start choking people out. Or yeah. um, Hook's already got a, a, a lot of uh, lot of attention on his <laughs> his life. Yeah, uh, the kids got um, freaking groupies already. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Or um, yeah. crazy old man backlit in his uh, crossface chicken wing, which I, I was think... going to mention that that's that is a an all time favorite. Uh, submission hold for me but mostly like when when Backlund was doing it you got to do it the way he did it when he was going through his like psycho period you just have to like slap that on and but he he would actually like basically the the arm around the neck and then the arm through one of the uh his arm through one of the other person's arms and he would like clutch the hands together so he would torque it back and it just looked brutal you got to do it that way, and then or sometimes Backlund wouldn't link the fingers, but he'd grab like the neck or the side of the head and pull it away from the arm he had chicken winged. It, I mid nineties psycho about Backlund, the friend he had was uh, such a guilty pleasure to me. Yeah, like mm-hmm. when he would just fucking cross face chicken wing dudes. Then afterwards, like when he would finally let go, he just like look at his hands and had this like yes. crazy like, and he would mumble to himself. Like to me, like I guess people will probably like think it's like cheesy or whatever, you know, years later. But to me, like I loved it. It was like so fun. Oh, I love that too. Amazing. As a matter of fact, I-, I was convinced that I could get out of that hold mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> and I, and because I I have a I've always had a bad shoulder, and I yeah. used to be able to like, like dislocate it at will, <laughs> right? And I would basically yeah. like. Pop it out, escape the hold, and pop it back in, right? So, for so at my job, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to do events all the time, and I never do them because I have never had any interest in doing them. But then somebody was like, "Oh, hey, look, there's going to be a wrestler doing a breakfast," 
and it was Bob Backlund. I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that one. So I, I went there and I got, I got to meet him and I said, Hey, can you take a picture putting me in the crossface chicken wing? He was like, well, you know, I'm, I don't want to hurt you. You know, I was like, well, just be careful. This is my bad arm. Just don't, you don't have to do the, like actually do it. Just like, like put me in it and we'll take the picture. Right. Yeah. He said, sure. Okay. So I give my phone to somebody to take a picture. He puts me in the hold and he starts fucking cranking it. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking started cranking it. And, and my bad arm too, motherfucker. But I got a great shot. He <laughs> like, great picture. Isn't he like freakishly <laughs> strong too? Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he like walks like six miles a day or something like that. And he's he's still he's like he's got like an old style of training. Like I know yeah. Jim Cornette told a story, maybe Shad I think it was Jim Cornette told a story like Danny Hodge got in this car wreck and broke his neck and he was like holding his neck in yeah. place while he walked himself yeah. to the hospital. Yep. Yeah. That was Danny Hodge. That's a that's just terrifying. God. But this is a can I go can I <laughs> I'm gonna pull back the curtain. Like Dames and I have, have talked before. I'm like, I'm gonna throw you in the cross face chicken wing and he's just like texted back, immune. I'm immune. <laughs> <laughs> I've always gotten a big kick out of it. So uh another fun another uh, user, I guess sort of prominent of the cross face chicken wing. Norman Smiley used and it. Chad. Ah. Chad. El Norman es Smiley. Yes, because I got corrected on this and you must say it properly. <laughs> I remember that when I first heard it on an episode of Thunder. Was he, he chewed out someone for saying it wrong. He said, that's because he says he's been going to all these places in the South and people have been pronouncing it Norman Smiley and he hates it. It's like, yeah, okay. Um... Let's see. One that surprised me at how well it worked. Because you see it all the time, but as actually working as a finish that I didn't expect it at all, was Lance Storm using a single leg crab as a submit like a legit submission finish. I had always thought of a single leg crab as like a transition hold or something. But well, it, it, it worked it worked because Lance Storm would, would slide and put it on you while you were mm. running. And it looked so cool. And then he yeah. established it as a finisher. And then he was winning titles with it. And it became a threat. It's awesome. They also, the commentary also sold that, quote unquote, he would do it a little differently depending on what he was targeting. So if he was targeting the ankle, supposedly he was holding it differently. Or if he was targeting the knee, he held it different, or the back. So that was, that was a... That's one of those things that you kind of need the announcers to fill in the blanks for people. Yeah, and it's because we've been highly, um, we've been highly derelict in our duties here to not mention the mandible claw at this point, mm. which also requires the announcers to mention to you that he is not just shoving his hand in your mouth; he is putting a finger up in the roof of your mouth, thus paralyzing your ability to move. No, it is not in the roof of your mouth. Oh, is it he in the tongue? has the fingers under your tongue, and he's pressing with his thumb. Oh, that's, on the right, under- that's right. Yeah, you can do it to yourself. Yeah. Speaking of which, and it hurts. Um, I'm a big fan of Britt Baker's Lockjaw, which is a Rings of Saturn, which I was also a big fan of, combination with the mandible claw, and it makes yes. sense because 
she's a doctor, so she knows how to apply. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me that Britt Baker is a doctor? She's a dentist. Is she <laughs> no, a no, dentist? No. Why what? did nobody tell us this? Yes. <laughs> Why doesn't she, like, put that as her gimmick or, like, on her name? I mean, I'm just <laughs> blown away. Or why doesn't Excalibur mention it? Every time. I don't know. Maybe she could get the crowd to channel on. Um, is she still <laughs> practicing? Like not to even not to go off topic for too long. But yes, okay. she is. That's why she would not sign with WWE is because they wouldn't let her keep her practice open. <coughs> um, but the mandible claw was developed supposedly developed by the the doctor that the fugitive was originally based off of. So it gets to all tie back in, and I'm really glad. But you no, the doctor, the um, Sam Shepard actually did try yeah. wrestling after he yes, got out yes. of jail, oh, and he did do the move. For that's, those who, that's a crazy story, but yes, like Sam Shepard, who is uh, what what's the term, uh, family annihilator? Like yeah. he killed his killed his entire family allegedly, but I think most people believe he did it. I think but it was just his fucking... wife, but there's I've I've read about the case, and it's very weird, but I don't. I don't think I necessarily believe the intruder thing, but I don't think that there is necessarily was the evidence to convict him of doing it himself. Wait, you don't think it was the one armed man? I don't. I'm not super convinced about that, but I'm always skeptical of those weird yeah. stories. Yeah. Man, it, 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 I, I just cannot believe still to this day, even though it's been all these years, that the most famous child family annihilator is Chris Benoit. Yeah, that's true. True. Uh, John List is probably pretty high up there. He's he's as in terms of as family annihilation killers go, yes, but for the large crossover aspect that like well, widely yeah. known, it's the the John Benoit. List one is is nuts. If you've never like yeah. read that story, um. He like but, pretty much he pretty much he pretty much killed his whole family and like fucked off to Denver and like started a new life and like went on like another twenty years before they found him and got like remarried and everything and actually America's Most Wanted caught him they did like one of those age things and he was like a really? fan of the show and he's like hey I wonder if I'm gonna be out there and then they did like the aging <laughs> thing and it was like exactly his face and he got like arrested like a couple of days later. Really? That's really what happened? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> Before we t- started talking about horrific true crime, um, oh, yeah. to me, <laughs> Sorry. I I hate, I, I've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast, but the, the, the interviews that you know, Mick Foley, quote-unquote, Mankind did with Jim Ross back in the day, Mm-hmm. To me, was such good character work, and it's it really got over the mankind character. And to me, like the most it, the the most amazing slash funniest application of the mandible claw was when he was like yelling at Jim Ross, and he applies the mandible claw to Jim Ross, and that that final video vignette, mm-hmm. the yeah. sit down interview, and then afterwards he's like just geez, just crazy, but he's also feels like. Uh, remorse for what he's done he's like he's gonna need some help and people are just like freaking out that he's put the man of claw on jim ross like that that was fantastic and, little, and that really actually hmm? little did jim ross know that 
several years later, Kane was going to set him on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was supposed to be a big dramatic thing, but when he, like, was setting him on fire like that, I actually – I watched that live. I laughed my ass off at that. Remember like, that was – This is the – the most stupidest thing I've ever Remember seen. Remember, though, time. that's like, and then like a couple months later, he hooked Shane's balls up to a car battery. Yes. To a car battery, yes. yeah. Yeah, that that was way funnier than it should have been. Oh, man. Man, they were, that, oh, that era WWF is so stupid. Yeah. It was, and the, the shitty thing about that was that Kane, that was like right after he unmasked, and he was like, presented initially as such a fucking monster and yeah. he was so over and then they immediately started doing wacky shit like that with them and they could well, have they done put, they put shane on him well they, yes and they they had they had goldberger's cane sitting right there and they screwed it up because triple h wouldn't let anything happen mm-hmm. on raw that wasn't him remember they had that elimination chamber match where like they finally got the goldberg thing right and then triple h just beats mm-hmm. him clean yeah, didn't Goldberg win the win the chamber and then Triple H beats Goldberg? Nope. He he like destroyed everyone. The crowd is wanting it, and Triple H just laid there the whole match and just like kick wham pedigree like pin, and the yeah. crowd was like, oh. <laughs> just it's like letting air out of a balloon. Just yeah. Um, back to on the submission front, it's it's interesting because it seems like you don't. Uh, and I've thought about this a little bit. You don't see as many submission finishes. They seem to be f- focused around the head or the legs. And it seems like you don't see as many for the arms and the body. You see some. You see it more in Japan and in Lucha Libre than you do. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I guess part of it might just just be the cinematics fitting into it. Um, I think because to get an arm bar over, you're going to have to do a lot of work because that was just like a transition spot through a lot of the 90s. Or you have to be Ronda Rousey where it's already pre-established. But she did like she did like all this extra stuff that that she did that made it better where she like she kind of did that like pre one where she kind of got their hand kind of locked in. And then she yeah, she really put a lot of work into it. And there was like a progression to hers that was really good because then she, you know, she got your wrist just right. She got your Mm -hmm. fingers locked in and then she like put it on like so I don't think someone could recreate that with the outside credibility for it. I suppose Becky Lynch has, uses an arm submission, doesn't she? Yeah, the disarm her. Yeah, still, I never liked that name. But, I mean, it, as far as a work arm submission goes, that's pretty good. But I, the visual aspect of it's not as, because um, you can't, it, it's hard to see the other person's face. I just don't care for it as much. All right, here, let me put a challenge. How do you guys, do you think guys think that someone could successfully, in the current day and age, get a sleeper over as a finish? Yes. Okay. Who do you have in mind? Um, no one. But have... I mean, Jericho got an elbow to the face over through careful protection so i think you could do it okay honestly a sleeper is just another freaking 
rear naked choke. So yeah, you know it's already been it's already gotten over with Joe and Champ Baszler and a couple others. So I could I could I could totally see that working. You can't you can't do the like they have to avoid the you know the the coming back to life part of it. Mm-hmm. But they have to do. I think you got to do the gimmick though if you're gonna get it over. You have to you have to kind of go old school with it and do like the really old style rules where you had to wake them up afterwards. Oh yeah. And yeah. then like the heels like you'd have certain heels that would refuse to do it and get DQ'd sometimes. It's funny. There were a few years ago I, I read an interview. Someone asked Hogan, they're like, "Do you have any regrets in your career?" And he said, "You know, if I was going around having all these interviews about having talking about having like." the largest arms in the world and stuff. Why did I not use a sleeper as a finish? It would have saved his spine quite a bit. But he said, why didn't I do that? And I got to wondering about it. It's like, how how would the landscape be different today if Hogan had used a sleeper as a finish? Did he use one as Thunderlips? Out of curiosity, I'm trying to remember. I don't think he did. I think he did a bear hug. Yeah, it was a bear hug, right? Yeah, it was a bear hug. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun transition spot, but it, it doesn't. That's that's another. One. I don't I don't see that becoming a, a finish for anybody. Um, you could with some variations, but you need the right person to do. It. I think if if you're gonna like seriously push Timothy Thatcher, he could probably get it over. Yeah, but Thatcher's got other stuff he likes more, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm I'm saying that he'd be the type of person ah. that could get it over. Okay. I was or thinking if someone's going to do that. They... He's such a waste there. Yeah. I don't even think they even use him anymore, do they? I thought he got hurt. Probably. Did he? I thought so. Some of the dumb that? shit they do down there, I wouldn't. it wouldn't shock me. They they were using him in a tag team with uh, Ciampa, but Ciampa. I don't know what they've been doing recently. In the last like, couple months. I bet Walter could get uh, sleeper over. You know he, what? Yeah, he essentially has. <laughs> Walter, Walter. By the way, just... did you guys watch the uh, Ilya Dragunov match? That's how he ended Walter. Uh, I have, I haven't, but I've heard that there are people who are saying that's the best match of the year. And yeah, I've heard people. I need to see that. that. I actually, I haven't seen like their first match, which. Oh no, no! You need to see. You need to see that first. You yeah, people to. were saying yeah. that that was the best match of last year. So, yeah, yes, I need to see this. Really I need to see the their series essentially. Yeah, I've I've been saving that for a rainy day, so I, I might all, get to all that I, soon. All I saw was the most recent one, but I thought it was very good. It, it, this is kind of like another not to criticize WWE again, but it's like you had in a different era, like you had the Imperium faction. Mm-hmm. in a different era it's like forget like nxt uk forget nxt you could have had these guys on like the main roster and you just have them just wrecking everyone I, and put present them as like a the main heels for one of your brands i legitimately don't know why they have walter under contract because he doesn't even want to work in the united states full-time so i don't even know why yeah. they they have him signed other than I honestly, else can have it i wish I, I wish his attitude on that would change, and because that's a dude that, given his skill level and his size and just how he 
his persona and everything like that. Like, it, uh, it, it's a different era, but I mean, that's mm-hmm. a dude that like back in the day, like you would have fucking programmed him against Hogan, and even if he didn't want, I don't want to work in the United States. Like, okay, how about six months working in the United States and you make a shitload of money doing like yeah. a, a program with with Hogan, and he would have been like. And opponent for Hogan, they would have like made, they would just raked in the money on the house show circuit, and he would have left like a really rich man. And I know it's a different era, but it's like that dude could literally like in any era, even today, could be an absolute monster. That um, and that match in PCO is still one of the most insane things I've ever seen. Oh wow! That match is just, it's not. We've talked about it on the show, like we reviewed on the show. It's not a great match, but it is. As a spectacle, it is something else. Yes, it is. PCO's just rampant disregard for his own well-being is. Didn't he? Didn't, <laughs> didn't he at MSG get power bombed out of the ring, like over yeah. the top rope yes. out of the ring? He got thrown out of the ring. <laughs> oh man! And he, and in MLW, like the stuff he and LA Park were doing, because you know LA Park is also just. I think Matt said it best. Like he's a guy I don't think I would screw with because he might legitimately have a gun somewhere on his person. He probably does. And there, there is, there's plenty of like video or other things where some dude is like, in the stance is like fuck with him and and L.A. Park. Well, I don't know why you would do that, but L.A. Park is just full on like assault. Oh, that, assault that's my favorite. Oh, that's my favorite wrestling gif of all time is he goes back and the guy grabs his mask and he just turns and he punches the guy right just, in the face. I don't know why you invented that. Like, guy. It's yeah. like, yeah, we all love like the chairman of WCW like that. That that was funny. But like the dude in real life is like he's hardcore. Like he will yeah. fuck you up. And I love that the fatter he gets, the better a worker he becomes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, like 55. Like he's 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 like up there now. And that match he had with Masato Tanaka was nuts because you know it's like CTE and stuff. Like 10 seconds of the match, just unprotected chair shot right to Tanaka's head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I know what I'm in for. I think they destroyed about every chair in that building too. They have. No, yeah, but there's one. So he had one with PCO, and PCO does this senton off the top rope and just tailbone right into the, the ring apron cool. and it's not like darby allen doing that that's a little guy it's like you know P- pc is really re- remarkable that he got himself back into the wrestling business by doing batshit insane youtube videos well yeah that's true that's true and got the most money he's ever made in his career from ring of honor mm. that's crazy because he said that's the best contract he ever signed Wow. With ROH. Because remember oh, when wow. he worked I WWE even... was was when it absolutely sucked and like the job guys were getting more for their like per appearance fee than like the guys were getting for those TV tapings. Yeah. And then he and then he and uh he and Shock went to WCW back when they were just paying everyone fucking yeah. top dollar. And they didn't get used that much. I think they made like four or no. five appearances. And then they went back to WWF, I think, for like two months and they were gone. Because they came back briefly in like 98, I think. I'm not sure. 
All right. Well, guys, I, I think we've kind of worked our way around this for a bit. So um, any parting thoughts you want to have? Just uh, thanks for hanging out for the second taping, Dames. Mm-hmm. Yep. No problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this episode. Hope you have a good one. This is Shad with Matt and Brad and Dames. So we, I guess we've been in four corners. But you've been at ringside, so we look forward to you joining us next time. We'll see you then.